Hey friends, this is Pastor Brian Worth. Thanks for listening to my latest sermon. Get more of my teachings on YouTube at Chapel of Change TV and tune in every Sunday on the radio on 99.5 FM for fresh hope. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing? Anybody blessed by the Lord today? Anybody love Jesus today? Let's make some noise for those watching online. Come on, somebody. We welcome those watching online. Every Sunday at 1015 and 1230, we broadcast. So that doesn't mean you need to stay home. That means you can still come and worship the Lord in person. But those that are far away. So God bless you. Did you notice something that we're reaching the nations? Did you notice that? And then... The nations are coming to Chapel of Change. In fact, on August 5th, uh, our bishop from the Philippines is going to come and minister at, our, at Chapel of Change. So we're going to have Guatemala, the Philippines, and then we're going to go to Samoa. Amen. So God is using Chapel of Change in a significant way, and we're so grateful. Uh, I want to encourage you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Chronicles, 1 Chronicles chapter 4, uh, verses 9 and 10. As you're turning there... Uh, we have these new invite cards that they're on the table back there. I want to encourage you to take a couple, put them in your purse or wallet, and allow God to use you to invite somebody into the house of the Lord. Uh, you'll be surprised at how many people will come just by an invitation. Uh, this morning, one of our church mothers, Mother Val, uh, she invited somebody at her work to church. Uh, at our Carson campus. She'd been inviting this lady for a couple months now. And finally, this lady showed up who she invited to church, and she came and worshiped the Lord with us at our 9 a.m. service. And guess what? That lady happened to be my aunt. Come on, somebody. That lady happened to be my aunt. I saw my aunt walk through the door. I'm telling you, God is good. Let God use you. Take a couple of these, put in your in your uh, wallet, put it in your car, and let God invite uh, use you to invite somebody to church. First Chronicles chapter four. It's interesting to note as you turn to First Chronicles uh, that some scholars call this book uh, the book of hope, the book of hope. These two books, First Chronicles and Second Chronicles, was actually written to give God's people hope after they came out of. 70 years of captivity in Babylon. They had been freed after 70 years of burden, and now God kind of gives them this book in order to remind them, them of what he did in the past. And how many know that sometimes we got to be reminded of what God has done in the past? That we got we to gotta reflect upon. We can't just rush through what God has done in our past, but we got to reflect upon what God has done in our past because it gives us hope for the future. That if God did it before, he could do it again. And so this morning, I want to call your attention to this man by the name of Jabez in the Bible. Uh, he's a unique individual because he seems to just pop up out of nowhere and then he disappears. We're going to be looking at 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 through 10. And have you ever came across one of the chapters in the Bible that just uh, has a bunch of names? Have you ever came across one of them chapters that just says... 
uh, and this family beget this family, and this family beget this family, and he begot him, and her, and him, and him, and him, and all this stuff. And, and have you ever kind of ran across these lists of names and said, you know what, I'm just going to turn the page? Come on, don't act like I'm the only one. Have you ever done that? Like, man, you have a bunch of names. Let me just turn the page. Well, we got to be careful when we do that because sometimes God hides jewels uh, in the Word of God. And sometimes God doesn't make it easy for us to find what He wants to give us. And sometimes we got to go through something to get something. And in this chapter, when you open it up, it lists a bunch of names, but right in the middle, this individual by the name of Jabez pops up, he kind of pops up, and then he disappears, and I want us to learn from him today. I actually want us to learn a little from his prayer. So let me read 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9. It says, now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez. Stop right there. Now, culturally speaking, in these days, it was the father who would name the child. So whenever you see in the Bible the mother naming the child, a red flag automatically should come up in your mind. A red flag should come up in your mind because typically in this culture, it was the father who named the child. So right off the bat of this man's story, there's a red flag. Right off the bat, we see something that is not a part of the normal of his culture. It says that his mom named him Jabez. Now, we don't know why his mom named him. Maybe the dad had a lesser role. Maybe the dad was not there. We don't know why. But there's a red flag immediately in his life. Now, let's continue on. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. Verse 10. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed. Someone say indeed. Someone say, indeed, and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. One of the most powerful kind of phrases in the Bible. Let me read that again. Listen to this. So God granted him what he requested. Isn't that a powerful phrase right there? Ain't that a pause for joy right there? Where we ought to be experiencing God answering our prayers. Like we don't serve a God that is a million miles away, a billion miles away. No, we serve an imminent God, a God who is up front and personal and he's waiting to get involved in our life. That's a powerful statement. So God granted him what he requested. Now, to this morning, I want to encourage us uh, through the scripture to move past our pain. This morning, I want to encourage us through the scripture to move from pain to power. Pain to power. Someone say pain. Someone say power. Come on, say it again. Pain. Someone say power. 
Now, when I say pain, what I mean in this particular context is influence, influence, that God wants you to be a person of influence. The enemy wants you to be stuck in your pain, but God wants you to be an individual of power, a person of power, someone who can influence their family for the good, someone who could influence their family for the good. You know what? One of the what, what blesses me a lot is when I see over the course of the church's life an individual coming to church and being faithful to worship and faithful to studying God's word and faithful to serving God. And then next, uh, a couple months go by and all of a sudden you see that individual with their spouse. Now their spouse is coming to church. Now their spouse is worshiping the Lord. And then next thing you know, a couple months later, you see that individual, maybe their brother or their sister. And then next thing you know, you see a whole family on a row worshiping the Lord, praising God. We've seen this over and over again. It's a powerful thing to worship the Lord with your family, a family dedicated to God, a family committed to the mission of God. See, God wants us to be in a place where we could influence our family for good. God wants us to be in a place where we could influence our community for the good. God wants us to be in a place where we could influence our nation for the good. That when we speak, people listen. That when we do, people follow. Hello, somebody. God wants you to be a person of power, of influence. And I want to remind us this morning that God doesn't just restore your life, but he also restores your honor. He restores your dignity. He restores your value in the community. Someone shout amen for that. That's a blessing from God when he restores your honor and your, your value and your esteem before people in this world. I remember not too long ago, it was last year, when we uh, first started to engage the nation of uh, Guatemala. And we were called over there and we were asked to represent our churches in America. We have about, I think, about 500 churches uh, across America, and I was asked to go to Guatemala and to sit down with about 14 pastors and share with them our vision and our mission, and I found myself sitting down on this table, and I, I had a business jacket on, and I was looking in front of about 20 or so leaders that led about, you know, 30 or 40 churches, and I was like, man, God, you got me representing the United States of America. See, that's an example where God restores your dignity. He restores your honor so that people listen to you. People follow you, not for your glory, but for God's glory, for God's honor. And so Jabez was an individual that, that God restored his honor. God, God made him a, a, a man of honor and influence. What's interesting is that Jabez didn't start with honor. He didn't start with honor. He wasn't born with influence. He had to overcome something to get there. He had to overcome something to get to a place of honor to get to a place of esteem before people. The Bible teaches that he had to overcome grief. He had to overcome pain. He had to go through something in order to get something. That's the same for us. It's the same for us. If you're going to become a, uh, if you're going to ever enter into a place of influence or in a place of honor or a place of power, you're going to have to go through some pain. 
You're going to have to endure some frustration. You're going to have to endure uh, some, some hurt. You're, you know, success and fruitfulness and legacy don't come without pain. Fruitfulness doesn't come without pain. Success doesn't come without pain. Remember the old folks used to say, no, no pain, no gain. No pain, no gain. And we know that uh, Jabez had to overcome pain because his name meant pain. The name Jabez means sorrow or it means pain. See, he didn't start off with influence. He started off with pain. He didn't start off with power. He started off with grief. He started off with sorrow. But he learned to endure the pain. He learned to persevere through the pain. And he was, we were able to see his life. People were able to see his life. And he was, a, he was able to praise God on the, on the mountaintop and the valley lows. He didn't start with influence. He started with pain. See, we, we call him Jabez. But... That's not what his family called him. We call him Jabez because that's how it's translated into English. But you know what his family called him? They called him pain. You know what his friends called him? His friends called him pain. Come on, imagine with me. Imagine with me. Place yourself in his life as a little kid. Them saying, pain, come here. Pain, get ready, we're about to go to the store. Pain, you're always late. Pain, you never live up to how uh, you're supposed to be. Can you imagine them tagging him with this name of pain? I want you to notice how he got the pain. Notice how he got the pain. In verse 9, it says, his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. Listen to this. In her pain, she gave him pain. Some of y'all didn't catch that. I named him pain because I suffered pain. Because I suffered pain, I gave him pain. I named him pain because I bore him in pain. She put her pain on him. Are you following along? She put her pain on him. She transferred her pain onto her boy. That's a reverse blessing right there. Woe is us if we transfer anything other than a blessing upon our kids. Woe is us if we transfer anything but our faith to our kids. But in her instance, she suffered pain. She didn't know how to deal with her pain. She didn't know how to get healed. She didn't know how to press through her pain. And so uh, by way of that, she transfers it to her son and says, now your pain, pain, come here. She gave him her pain. Have you ever suffered pain because someone else suffered pain it wasn't even your fault they're the ones that were going through the pain they're the ones that were inflicted they didn't know how to deal with their pain they didn't know how to get healed of their pain and so you just happened to walk on by and they fired on you have you ever suffered pain from someone else because it, it, they experienced pain? You didn't do nothing to get it, but they experienced pain, and then they try to transfer their pain onto you. That's why it's important to remember, hurt people hurt people. 
It's important to remember, hurt people hurt people. If you don't know how to get healing from your pain, if you don't know how to be whole of your pain, you got to be careful because you will eventually transfer that pain onto someone else. And we want to encourage you today that you don't have to be stuck in your pain anymore. Your pain doesn't have to paralyze you. Jabez broke the cycle of pain. He broke the cycle of pain. He went from pain to power. And you could be the one to break the cycle of pain in your family's life. You could be the one that says the buck stops here. That's what my prayer for you is. is, is. My prayer for you is the pain that someone inflicted upon your life that you rise up. You're not going to be able to do this by yourself. You're going to need the power of the Holy Spirit. But my prayer is that you be able to rise up and say, you know what? This pain stops here. This pain stops here. That's what Jabez did. That's what he was able to do. That's his testimony right there. He stood up in his generation and said, I didn't even deserve this pain, but I'm not going to pass it on. It stops here. So I want us to think a little bit this morning. How did Jabez move from pain to power? How did he move from pain to power? How are you going to move from pain to power? Let me give you some reflections. Number one is Jabez became a person of prayer. He became a person of prayer. I find it in verse 10. Listen to this. Go back to verse 10. It says, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel. It's a powerful verse right there. He didn't cry out to his brother. He didn't even cry out to his mom. Mom, you hurt me. Mom, you're the one who did this. Mom, you didn't raise me right. Mom, you didn't do this. You didn't do that. He didn't cry out to his mom. The Bible says he cried out to the one that could heal him. He cried out to the one that can deliver him. He cried out to the one that can make him whole again. And the Bible says that Jabez cried out to God. Now, what's fascinating when you think about this testimony, my brothers and sisters, that is that Jabez wasn't a mighty king. He wasn't even a king. He didn't make it into the Bible because he was a king. Other people made it into the Bible because they're a king. The, he, he wasn't even a mighty soldier. The Bible doesn't even say he was a soldier. You read some chapters of the Bible, there's people that actually made it in the Bible because they were a mighty soldier. Jabez was not a mighty soldier. He wasn't even a prophet. There's people that made it in the Bible because they're a prophet. Jabez was not a prophet, but one thing he knew how to do was pray. He made it into the Bible because he had a testimony that he knew how to get a prayer to God. He knew how to get a prayer to God. And if there's any type of people that I want to be around in this world, it's people that know how to get a prayer to God. If there's any type of group of people that I want to be around is people that learn how to get the ear of God. We're living in some evil days, and there's evil all around us. There's hurt all around us, and we need to be able to get the ear of God. Jabez, the Bible says he, he cried out to God, and God heard him. 
That ought to be the testimony of every born-again believer. We ought to be praying prayers that God hears us and answers us. We ought to be laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. We ought to be praying for miracles and provision, and we ought to be seeing. That's why a lot of Christians' faith dry up is because they never believe for God to do something big in their life. They're not praying for God to do something big, and so they live a normal, casual, uh, so-so type of life and eventually end up backsliding because there ain't no excitement in their life. But I'm telling you, when God begins to answer your prayers, it puts some fire in your soul. I've read a lot about history and I remember learning that back in the days in the church, they would have people whose sole role it was to pray. You know how we have like ushers and greeters and we need more people to usher and greet and we, we have children's ministry workers. But back in the days, there would be people you would ask, hey, what do you, how do you serve here? Like, what do you do here? And they would actually say, I'm a prayer warrior. <laughs> they would say, uh, I'm a prayer warrior. And I was thinking about that as I was preparing for this. Like, man, we need more prayer warriors. We need no more prayer warriors in the house of the Lord, people that know how to get the ear of God. We have too many people that want to be a prophet, too many people want to be a bishop, too many people that want to stand before man but won't kneel before God. We need no more people that will learn how to kneel before God. Someone shout amen. Prayer warrior, prayer warrior. You know, in the mornings before 10, 15 service around, uh, I think it's around 9.30, there's a group that prays. You know that we have a prayer room in the church right here? We have a prayer room. And can I confess something to y'all? You ain't going to persecute me, right? No. I'm a, can, I, can I confess y'all? Y'all looking at me like, can I confess something? Y'all ain't going to judge me, right? No. So I, I made a suggestion one day. I said, uh, we need more offices around here. Yeah. And I had the nerve to mention that to my wife. Can we renovate the prayer room into an office? And BJ, you don't say that to your wife. Whenever you get married, you, that's one thing you don't say. When you get married, BJ, you don't say that to your wife, especially if she's a praying woman, because you will get persecuted. You will get slammed. And I messed up, because she was not having that. There's a prayer room. Like, this church was built, and that room was dedicated to prayer. That, this church is meant, this church is supposed to be like that church I read about. What you do up in here? I'm a prayer warrior. How you serve the Lord up here? I'm a prayer warrior. And every Sunday around 930, there's a, a small group of people that pray right here in the prayer room, 930. You, you invited to come on out. You invited to come on out. You can make yourself at home. You just walk through this door right now. I know it looks kind of weird, but after service, go check it out for yourself. There's a prayer room right there. The way, that, the way that Jabez got healed is that he learned to pray. You see, when you pray, my brothers and sisters, it, it, one of the things it does, it brings healing to your soul. One of the things that prayer does is heals your souls. It, somehow or another, prayer opens up, you know, the heavens to heal our soul. I like how prayer transforms us. I like how prayer transforms us. And I like how Luke chapter 9 verse 29 describes this. Listen to Luke 9, 29. It says, as he prayed, the appearance of his face 
was altered. Don't that sound wonderful? As he prayed, look at that. As he prayed, not as he gossiped, not, not as he complained, not, not as he murmured. No, look what it said. As he prayed, the appearance of his face altered. Someone shout alter. I taught you this before. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to repeat it. You're going to get mad at me because my part of my role is to be the chief reminder that this right here is called the altar of God right here. And this is where God alters you on this altar of prayer. God alters you on this altar of prayer. And I want to encourage you during that worship time, come down to the altar and have a one-on-one -on -one with God. And let the altar of God alter your soul. Let the altar of God alter your soul. We purposely did not remove that altar because we want to have a place where we can bend our knee before the presence of God and experience his power and his presence to heal us. Somebody dedicated that altar like a thousand years ago. And we purposely did not remove it from this church so we could have a place to bend our knees and our hearts before God. Someone shout amen. By the way, I want to encourage you that this Thursday night right here is prayer and worship night. This Thursday at 7.15, we're going to dedicate this time to prayer and worship. I want to encourage you to come on out and pray with us. Come on out and worship with us. Come on out. If you have to sit down, just sit down. Sit in the atmosphere of prayer. Begin to exercise the muscle of prayer. And I, believe, and, and I believe me, God will begin to heal you in new ways. Another thing that prayer does is that it heals our anxious hearts. Prayer heals our anxious hearts. And there's one thing we need to be healed from is anxiety. Man, this world is messed up. And if you keep your eyes on this world, it's going to feed you with anxiety. If you're always looking at the news, it's going to feed you with anxiety. And you need something to heal your anxious heart. And prayer is that thing. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, turn there in your Bible. In fact, we're going to put it up on the screen. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, someone say peace of God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds as they rest, or your hearts and minds, uh, in Christ Jesus. How many of you know that we need something to guard our heart and mind? Prayer is that which guards our heart and mind. Listen, at the moment you leave this church, you're going to be bombarded with something. The moment you step out of here, the enemy's going to try to bombard your mind. He's going to try to bombard your heart. And you need something to guard your heart and mind and to heal us from that anxiety. Someone shout amen. Prayer does that. How did Jabez get healed uh, of his pain? Is he became a person of prayer. Number two. Someone say number two. Jabez prays. A big time blessing. He prays a big time blessing. Look at verse 10. Look at, at verse 10. It says, oh, look what he prayed for. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Someone say indeed. Someone say indeed. Look at what he prays for. Let's, let's think about this for a second. He says, oh, that you would bless me indeed. Someone say indeed. That word indeed in the original Hebrew is the same word for bless. 
It's the same word for blessed. So what Jabez does is he double talks to God, and this is what he says. Oh, that you would bless me, bless me. Oh, that you would bless me, bless me. This is what he says. Oh, that you would bless me, bless me. In the, in the LBC translation, that would say, Lord, bless me big time. That's what that means in the LBC translation. Lord, bless me big time. Have you ever needed a big time blessing? Have you ever needed a big time blessing? Have you ever felt ashamed to ask for a big time blessing? Come on now, tell the truth and shame the devil. I want to encourage you today. Yeah, I want to even empower you today. Don't ever be ashamed to ask for a big time blessing. Jabez was not afraid. He was not afraid to ask God to bless him. He knew that God delighted in blessing his people. He knew that God delighted in blessing his people. In fact, the blessing of God is the goodness of God being poured out upon our life. The blessing of God is the goodness of God being poured out upon our life. And how many have learned that God is good? How many learned that God is good? Let me remind you in Psalms 34 verse 8, it says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Someone say the Lord is good. Psalms 107 verse 1 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. I got some good news for somebody. God wants to bless you big time. God wants to bless you big time. Listen, you need to hear this. I want to put this in your spirit. God wants to bless you big time. We serve a big time God. We serve the God who created heaven and earth. He wants to bless you big time. He wants to bless your family. He wants to bless your home. He wants to bless your work. He wants to bless your education. He wants to bless your mind. He wants to bless your body. If you're married, he wants to bless your marriage. He wants to bless your finances. Some of y'all missed the opportunity to say amen right there. God wants to bless your finances. God wants to bless your work so that you prosper at your work, so that you bring in more income, so that you could advance the kingdom of God more so in our generation. Are you following along? God wants to bless you. And I want to remind you this morning that God has a big time blessing for you. Jabez was not ashamed to ask for a blessing. In fact, one of the first things that God does to mankind when he creates them is bless them. One of the first things that he does in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. One of the first things that God does is bless his people. You trace the Bible all the way through, and he's blessing people. He's blessing people. He's blessing people. Now, let me, let me unpack something. One of the reasons why God blesses us is because he knows the blessing will heal us of our pain. One of the purposes of the goodness of God exploding in your life is to heal you of the pains of life. Are you following along? God's blessings help to heal our pain. How does it, how does it do it? How does God's blessing 
help to heal the pain in my heart. Let me, let me show you how. Well, when you get blessed big time, you ain't got time to think about who hurt you or who said something bad about you or who said something done, uh, done something wrong about you because you're thinking about the greatness of God. You're thinking about the splendor of God. If you ever been blessed before, you know when God's blessing comes upon you, you begin to think about the glory of God. You ain't got time to think about who did what to you, who said what to you. Not when the blessing of God is upon your life. That's one reason why so many people be stuck in pain for many years. That's one reason why many people get stuck in hurt many years is because they're not getting blessed. They're too ashamed to ask for the blessing of God. But no, God wants to bless you. And one of the reasons for that blessing is to heal you. Someone shout amen like you want a blessing. I, uh, I was um, coming out of a season of pain in, the, in this season. And I want to testify uh, that God blessed me the other day. I want to expose you to the blessing of God. And I always rejoice when you get exposed to what God does. Don't ever, don't ever frown when you get exposed to what God does. Because when God exposes you to something, chances is he wants you to experience it as well. But I got blessed last week. We flew to Guatemala for two days. And we, uh, I got asked to uh, uh, officiate the uh, blessing ceremony of an office that one of our families started, a business in Guatemala. So we held an office blessing. We actually held a service in a business as part of the grand opening of that business in the city of Guatemala. Uh, but in the day leading up to that, uh, we were driving around, and the, guy, the, one, the brother that hosted us, he said, Brian, do you want to fly in a helicopter? I said, what? I said, I, I started to think, like, what? And they brought it up again. Brian, we'll fly in a helicopter to one of the most beautiful lakes, we'll have breakfast, and then we'll fly back to the city. Do you want to go? I was like, man, God is trying to bless me. And so I said, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And so we went to the airport, right? And I'm not going to lie to you, you know, my life flashed before my eyes too. And we go to the airport. And they put me in the front seat of the helicopter. And on one side of me, this is a blessing. But on the other side of me, my life is flashing before my eyes. And we take off in the helicopter from Guatemala City. And, we're, and I'm getting blessed. I got blessed. I'm flying in a helicopter. It's like once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, right? I'm, we're, we're flying over the, the Mayan uh, pyramids in, in Guatemala, and, and we're flying. So, so I'm blessed, but at the same time, my life is flashing before my eyes. I don't know if you know this, but uh, to my knowledge, a helicopter does not float. I don't know if you know this, but a helicopter does not glide. When it turns off, it turns off. And every time a wind would pick up 
we would sway this way. And we would sway this way. Have you ever been in a roller coaster where your stomach drops? I'm in the front row and my stomach is dropping like every five minutes. And I say that to say this. While my life was flashing before my eyes, I was praying to God, Lord, I forgive everybody who hurt me. Lord, I forgive this. I forgive that. I forgive this. When you get blessed by God, it will bring you better perspective in life. And those small things that begin to hinder you, uh, 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 you let them go. You let them go. So in a strange way, the blessing delivered me. And I walked off that helicopter a new man to the glory of God. Someone praise the Lord. So I want to encourage you today, and I want to even empower you today. Pray, pray, Lord, bless me big time. Bless my family. Bless my marriage. Bless my home. Bless my mind. Bless my school. Bless my work. I want to encourage you today. Be like Jabez. Ask God to bless you big time. In fact, I want to invite everybody. Let's bow our heads for a moment. Let's invite our head, bow our heads for a moment. And as the worship team comes back up, I want to encourage you. You and God, just pray to God in your own way. Ask God to bless you. Ask God to bless you. You and God, let's bow our heads and our hearts this morning and just have a moment with God and say, Lord, bless me. Bless my mind. Bless my body. Bless my finances. Bless my marriage. Bless my work. With every head bowed and every eye closed, just in a moment of meditation and prayer, ask God to bless you. I want to empower you this morning. Ask God to bless you. out and every eye closes. You just pray to God asking you, God, to bless you. If there's anybody in here who needs prayer for pain, maybe you got pain in your body, maybe you got pain in your soul, and you need prayer for that pain. As everyone else remains in the atmosphere of prayer, if you need prayer for pain, I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. And I'm going to ask you to just stand up right where you're at. Just stand up right where you're at. If you got pain, maybe pain in your body, maybe pain in your soul, maybe pain in your mind. Maybe you got pain in a relationship. Maybe there's pain in a relationship. I want to pray for you. Stand up right where you're at. Hallelujah, Lord. I see you. I see you. There's a lot of people standing up right now. They got pain. 
what I'm going to do is I'm going to rebuke the pain in your life in the name of Jesus. Then I'm going to pray over you. I'm going to ask if you can, just in a, in, in a sign of submission to the Lord, just lift up your hands to the Lord if you can in a receptive mode. And I'm just going to rebuke the pain in your life in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, you've given us authority on this earth in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we believe that all power and might is in the name of Jesus. We believe, Lord God, that there's no other name under heaven given amongst men whereby we must be saved except through the name of Jesus. And so, Father God, as a child of God, filled with the Holy Spirit, Father, I use that authority in the name of Jesus to rebuke the pain in your people's lives. I rebuke the spirit of pain in the name of Jesus. Pain, you must go. Pain, you must flee. Pain, you must go in the name of of Jesus I rebuke pain over their body in the name of Jesus I rebuke pain over their mind some of them are tormented in their mind I rebuke the pain in their mind in the name of Jesus I rebuke pain in relationships in the name of Jesus and Father I pray for a big time blessing upon your people Lord we know that you are a big time God you are a big time God and so I pray Lord God for everybody standing up Lord a big time blessing over their life a big time blessing over their body a big time blessing over their finances Lord God blessing 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 in the name of Jesus. Blessing in the name of Jesus. Lord, some of them have gone through so much pain that it's only the blessing of God that's going to relieve the burden. Bless, O oh Lord. Lord, you delight in blessing your people. We ask, bless. Bless your people, Lord God. Bless them. Bless them. Bless them, Father God. I pray for some surprise blessings. Surprise them, oh Lord God. Surprise them, Lord God. Astonish them, Lord God. I pray that that blessing eclipse their pain. The blessing eclipse their pain. In the mighty name of Jesus. The blessing eclipse their pain. That they're like Joseph who got blessed in the midst of their pain. And that blessing caused Joseph to forget about the pain of their, his past. Oh, Lord God, may your blessing eclipse their pain in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody who believes that, shout amen. Shout amen, somebody. Shout amen, somebody. 
Amen is the agreement between heaven and earth. Shout amen, somebody. Let's give the Lord a hand praise. You may be seated. I'm going to call up Pastor Raymond. Give it up for Pastor Raymond as he leads us in our tithes and our offerings. Hallelujah. Let's give it up one more time for the Lord. Praise the Lord. Wow. Thank you, Father. How many know that God knows exactly what we need? Amen. I know I needed to hear that. Is there anybody that could witness uh, to that? Amen. At this time, we're going to transition to our tithes and offerings portion of our service where we're going to have the opportunity to give back to the Lord. Uh, I'm going to read a scripture out of Matthew 11, 28. It says, come to me all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You see, Jesus is the only true comfort for us. No matter if we have money or we have things or, or relationships, that's not going to satisfy us like Jesus satisfies us. So with that, as we prepare for our offerings, just keep in mind that, that when we give this offering, we are making a platform for others to experience this type of true comfort in Jesus Christ. Um, we have four ways to give here at Chapel of Change. We give online, text, mail, and in person. And if you want to give by a debit card, there is someone in the back to facilitate that for you. Also, we give with the, with the scan to give. Scan to give, we can pull out your camera phones and, and click that link as well. Uh, as the ushers come forward, I have some announcements. Praise the Lord. Say, Carson Campus. Today, we are going to be celebrating Pastor Trey's installation ceremony at 430 in our Carson campus. Come out, come and celebrate, come witness God moving in this powerful man of God's life. And he's a true friend of mine, and I'm just happy to be alongside witnessing, uh, uh, standing beside him. You know what? If you never experience somebody getting installed, I encourage you because it just does something to your spirit. It kind of, it's almost like if somebody's getting baptized or somebody's giving their life to the Lord. When, when, when somebody's getting elevated and promoted in God, it just, it's just so inspiring knowing where God has brought him out of. So come out and celebrate with us, Pastor Trey's installation at our Carson campus at 430. We're going to be celebrating. We're going to have food. We're going to have fun. And we're going to have fellowship to God's glory. Also, uh, Faith Prayer Breakfast is the 22nd. Faith Prayer Breakfast, come out. And, and I like what my wife said, Pastor Irene. She said, even if you don't want to start a business, there's valuable tools to become uh, leaders. You know, there's valuable tools that you can learn to be successful uh, to anything that we put our hands to the plow as well. So also this Thursday, say this Thursday. This Thursday, we're going to have our broiler room prayer. And just to what the message said today, we need people that are going to come alongside Chapel of Change, pray with us, intercede for us, and continue to move the kingdom forward here at Chapel of Change. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna pray for the offering. I'm going to release the, the ushers, and we're going to dismiss with the blessing. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you are the true comforter, Lord. You're the only one that could satisfy our souls, God. Nothing this world has to offer, money, uh, fame, anything like that, Lord, is nothing compared to your true love and comfort that you provide, Lord. So with that, Father God, we ask that you receive this, these uh, tithes, we receive this, uh, this offering, Lord, to your glory and to your honor. We give this with thankful hearts in the name of Jesus and all God's people said, 
Amen. Ushers, you are released. God bless you. leaders and pastors come down here we also have extended prayer for those who need an additional prayer and we want to encourage you guys to stick around and uh, enjoy a meal in our fellowship hall uh, we always have an opportunity where you can meet people get a chance to talk and just enjoy the fellowship of the lord uh, let us extend our hands and receive the blessing of the lord and we'll release you with the blessing in the name of the father who loved us with an endless love in the name of the Son who came and died so that we can live. In the name of the Holy Spirit that continues to, to lead us, to guide us, to teach us into your ways. May you go with the protection, the blessing, and the covering of the Lord. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you, saints.